This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You know that we've been tracking what happens with the United States inflation picture because what happens there has a huge bearing on what happens here. Of course, we look at our own data from here at home, but what happens with the U.S. is important for our currency and the strength. And we know, uh, you know, one of our analysts, uh, Marco Marcella, often says that actually the U.S. is a de facto uh, trendsetter when it comes to monetary policy. And so we're always watching what happens in the part of the world because when they start cutting their interest rates, uh, you know, we'll start to see uh, a, a difference with ours and that's when our reserve bank can start doing the same many people have debates that it shouldn't be like that and of course that's a completely different conversation but it just is what it is now and that's why on friday when they released uh, their employment data that's they call it their non-farm apparels uh when we saw those numbers coming in really hot meaning that uh, you know we saw employ- employment increasing uh to by 353,000 jobs for a month and that's after people had anticipated that it would only increase by just over 180,000 that means that the employment, the labor market in the United States is strong. And that is not what we're trying to see when we're looking at inflation and the inflation picture. So it's a bit of a complex one because it means uh, that good news is bad news and bad news is good news when we're just looking at it from an inflation perspective. And joining us this evening to help us paint the picture of why we're still seeing such strong labor market growth in the United States is Nancy Fandenhalton. Uh, she is a U.S. economist at Oxford Economics. Nancy, thank you for your time and good afternoon. Hi, thank you very much for having me, Nolu. Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Nancy, maybe you can help us understand, uh, you know, how, how we're looking at this data. That looks great. I mean, people work, it's great, but it really is not good for where we're trying to go as a global economy. I, well, I think that we're still pretty optimistic that um, that we're, we're on a path where the Fed is going to start cutting rates later this year. Uh, I think that uh, some in the financial markets got a little too enthusiastic about the the timing of rate cuts and the number of rate cuts we would see this year, with, with many thinking that we'd see uh, the Fed starting to lower rates as, as soon as uh, next month. Uh, I think that this strong employment report, though, um, makes it pretty clear that the Fed's going to be a, a bit patient. And, and while this report was very strong, uh, we, like the Fed, are, are never going to put too much stock in, in one month's numbers. And, and I think there are a few things in the report that uh, suggest that while the labor market is still strong, uh, this particular set of numbers might be overstating that, that strength a little bit. I mean, it's just funny because what we hear all the time, I think it's a, an old adage, Nancy, don't fight the Fed. It did look like markets uh, were trying to get ahead of us. But uh, what we are seeing uh, generally, I think, and I think uh, markets uh, may have forgotten, the U.S. economy just looks strong. Uh, you know, the GDP figures are quite encouraging, even after all of the shocks that we've seen, uh, you know, globally. And of course, we're seeing this uh, economic data uh, come out as well, showing that the economy is still strong. Just help us understand what is holding up uh, this economy economy? Well, I, I think that uh, that the, the job market is, is key to what has uh, kept the economy quite resilient, because uh, the growth that we've been seeing and the upside surprises have pretty much all come from the consumer, uh, who has kept spending for, for a number of reasons. Uh, one has been the strong wage gains that we've seen over the last couple of years. 
to uh, during the pandemic, uh, many households accumulated uh, and you know a, a stockpile of savings, which has uh, supported their spending. Uh, we've seen inflation come down, so that uh, gives consumers more purchasing power, and and just the number of people working. Um, while again, we think some seasonal quirks may have over you know, may mean that the January report is giving us a little bit of a misleading picture of how strong the labor market is. It's still quite strong. And so with more people working and and earning good wages, that's going to continue to power consumer spending and the economy more broadly. Uh, At the same time, though, we, we are seeing good news on inflation. A lot of the inflation we saw following the pandemic was related to uh, supply side factors, whether it was you know supply chain bottlenecks of, of goods or uh, a lack of a supply of workers as, as people were reluctant to come back to the to the labor market, uh, so we've got a lot of help on on that front, and we are seeing in inflation uh, come down. And while this this job support on Friday had a, a high uh, reading on on. On, on earnings, we think that there were some, you know, a variety of one-time factors there. And if we look at a broad range of measures, we are seeing uh, wage growth moderate, and and um, and that you know should keep the Fed on track to to lower rates in the spring. I also want to ask you about, uh, you know, the dual mandate that the U.S. Fed has. Of course, it's price stability, uh, as most central banks around the world have. But there's also this one of, uh, you know, maximum employment. And uh, I'm wondering how that has also contributed uh, to these strong uh, job numbers. And maybe that's why uh, inflation could also have been sticky. The fact that the Fed has been meeting its mandate and has been for over a a long period of time. uh, Hence, unemployment in the United States is so low. Well, well, that that's right, um, and and just you know, one one other point to make is is the Fed doesn't want to see really weak job growth. You know, as you you know noted, they have a dual mandate, and and you know they, you know sometimes you know those the 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 two sides of their mandate can be in be in conflict, and and I think much of the increase in uh, interest rates that we saw over the last couple of years was it was again the Fed doesn't want to see people out of work, but. Um, it, it's judged that that some you know some slowing in, in job growth was was necessary to to cool off the demand side of the economy to help bring down uh, inflation. Uh, but, but again, you know, we we don't expect that we will see you know even as the economy slows a bit in response to all the rate hikes that have have uh, already occurred, uh, we're not looking for a, a sharp rise in the unemployment rate or for lots of people to uh, lose their jobs. I must also ask you about, uh, you know, other data points that the Fed might uh, consider here, Nancy. Of course, we know uh, what we're seeing with uh, the actual inflation rate. We see uh, what we're looking at non-farm payrolls. Are there other data points uh, that are important in trying to decide uh, when to cut? Yes, I I think that um, just back to the, the jobs numbers that we saw for January, uh, I, I think if these numbers were were to be repeated, the the Fed might you know proceed a, a bit more cautiously. But but we think that in February and March we'll probably uh, see you know more moderate gains in, in employment. But I, I think 
uh, from the the Fed's perspective, it's they're very focused on on the inflation data, um, and within the inflation data. Uh, we've seen lots of progress in, in certain sectors, such as the prices of goods have, have you know, inflation in, in goods has come down uh, quite sharply. Uh, there's some, you know, components of our inflation numbers that are related to the housing market that are, are coming down, but they respond to changes in rents with a long lag. So, but we can be pretty assured of continued progress there. And the last remaining piece is inflation in services outside of housing. And we are seeing progress there, but further progress there depends on you know, more, you know, cooler cooler labor market conditions. And, and again, while this January report kind of uh, was a curveball, um, we think that many other indications, you know, we have on the job market, such as job openings and layoffs, it uh, suggests that you know that that we're going to see you know a more subdued pace of job growth in the months ahead. And before I let you go, Nancy, are we still having conversations about a possible recession in that part of the world? A soft landing, a hard landing? Is this something that is on the radar of economists, the the whole economy, and even the Fed when the U.S. is concerned? I think that um, I, I think that. You know, we, we had previously been calling for a recession, but I, I think the risks of that are, are, are quite diminished. Uh, one thing that's, you know, on on our radar, as it is for, for many economies around the world, is some of these uh, disruptions to shipping um, because of what's going on in the Red Sea and the Panama Canal. Uh, they could, you know, inflate some of our in, inflation readings a little bit, uh, but our our thinking at this point is is that the Fed is going to look past those as it you know sets its uh, course for for monetary policy. But that is uh, something else that uh, that we're focusing on that we didn't touch upon earlier. Well, I think it's all we have time for this evening. Thank you for unpacking this for us, and we'll be keenly watching. Thank that you. One fantastic go. Well, uh, that is uh, Nancy Fandenhouten. She's a U.S. economist at Oxford Economics, unpacking uh, that uh, jobs data for us. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.